Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, tech buzzers. Happy Year of the Pig. 新年快乐. Today, we're going to talk about the Battle of the Red Packets or the custom of money-giving that's core to the Chinese New Year experience, and which has been taken over by the Chinese internet companies as one of their main user acquisition events for the year. Especially when paired up with the largest TV event in China, the Spring Festival Gala, which regularly clocks in at over a billion viewers. You don't get to collect much more human attention than that. So without further ado, because we have a lot to cover, let's get started. The president's key economic team goes to China. Uh, after whole night thinking, I say I still want to do it. Hi everyone, we are Tech Buzz China by Pandaily, powered by the Seneca Podcast Network. We are a weekly podcast focused on giving you a peek into what's buzzing within the tech community in China. We uncover and contextualize unique insights, perspectives, and takeaways on headline tech news that don't always make it into English language coverage, so that you can be smarter about the world of China tech. Tech Buzz China is a part of Pandaily.com, an English language site that tells you everything about China's innovation. I'm one of our two co-hosts, Ray Ma. And I'm your other co-host, Ying Ying Lu. We'd like to acknowledge our partners, Deal Street Asia and Sub China, creator of the Seneca Podcast Network. In addition to Tech Buzz, you can also find Seneca, which covers current affairs, Nui Voices on Women, the business-oriented China Econ Talk, and of course, the Taishan Seneca Business Brief from China's leading business magazine. Check these out, guys. In the spirit of today's topic, If you leave us a review on iTunes or whatever other platform you use, please send us a screenshot and we'll be happy to send you a small holiday hongbao in WeChat. Just email us at ray, that's spelled R-U-I, at pandaily.com for further instructions. As you might say, 恭喜发财, hongbao nalai. So before we get started... Let's do a little history lesson, which is helpful for setting context today. Hongbao, which literally means red packet, is also known as ya tian, which is sort of a play on words that means money to ward off evil or bad luck. Right. In fact, it wasn't until after paper money became popular that hongbaos were in the red envelopes we see now. A long time ago, in the Ming and Qing dynasties, it would just be a stack of coins tied up with red string. And traditionally, it was only given between family and friends for good luck during New Year's. At least the substantial amounts were. Between strangers and acquaintances, unless you're talking about red packets as a euphemism for bribery, in which case the sky is the limit, the idea is to give some nominal amount that's also a lucky number. 
usually ending with an eight. So eight RMB, eighteen RMB of that nature, you know. WeChat's randomly generated New Year's red packets, for example, had amounts like ninety-nine cents to nine point nine nine RMB, also lucky numbers, and that translates, by the way, to a maximum of about a dollar fifty. Not very much at all. Maybe enough for a bottle of milk tea at Family Mart. Today's topic: the Battle of the Red Packets, or Hongbao Da Zhan, as it's known in Chinese, is actually relatively new. Tencent kickstarted it in 2014, but 2015 was the first year where it reached red-hot status, and all the major internet brands began to get in on the action. So, listeners, take yourselves back to 2014, the year of the wooden horse. What a fitting year, by the way, for Tencent WeChat to use its digital hongbao strategy as a Trojan horse to attack Alipay's dominant status in mobile payments. See, before WeChat, hongbaos were dispersed in what I would call an organized manner—you know, one to one. But WeChat's 2014 New Year's app update introduced the group hongbao format, which led to qiang hongbao, or literally fighting for hongbaos, sometimes translated. Also, as snatching red envelopes. Those terms sounded either vaguely violent or seedy to us, so we are going to refer to it as grabbing hongbaos here on out to make it a bit more civilized. Yup. Prior to WeChat's campaign, digital hongbaos given out by the apps were primarily from businesses, a lot of which were in the form of what are essentially coupons. The whole spin a wheel or some other gamified mechanism to get a coupon that's called a red packet. That's been around for a very long time. A very long time. I personally almost invested in a startup that was focused on making a SaaS tool for these and other Taobao promotions. So it's just a very common tactic, and it's commonly used during events like Singles Day. It's pretty much the same idea coupons you might get here in the U.S. You know, ones that can be applied towards your next purchase. But WeChat, because it's built on your social graph, made the Hongbao experience to be between friends instead. Or at least that was the initial idea. But then people got so into it that they began creating groups just for hongbao getting, that were just collections of people who didn't know each other. It's still mostly between friends, though. So before it got that crazy, the concept is basically this: you can send a hongbao to the chat group of your friends or family, which pretty much every Chinese person on WeChat has, and specify the total amount. As well as how many people—a maximum limit, if you will—that you wanted it to go to. Well, for me, I always set it to the total number of people in the group. But if your hongbao has less recipients than the total number of group members, then you had to be quick with your fingers. Not to mention, basically, always be on your phone and click as soon as someone sends one out to grab it before other people do. You can either set a random or fixed amount for what people receive. And people can receive it just by clicking on it. The general chat would display who has clicked on which hongbao, but won't show the amount they received unless you click through. In which case, it then displays the names of each recipient and their corresponding amount. For the person who clicked on the red packet, you see an animation with a randomized amount in the corresponding greeting, which, by the way, this year could be a selfie sticker made by the sender if they chose the new holiday red packet option. By the way, those were really fun. I definitely used them very liberally last week. But onto the default option for dollar amounts stuffed into each hongbao, it's a randomized amount, 
which makes the whole experience take on a lottery or a kind of gambling characteristic. And as we all know, Chinese people love to gamble and they love feeling lucky. I don't personally gamble, but I imagine that the biochemical reaction in the Hongbao recipient's brain is probably identical to when you're playing a slot machine. Grabbing Hongbaos became such a big deal, a competitive sport of sorts, that people wrote scripts to try to always be first to grab the red packet or otherwise to hack the WeChat app in some way. People even did comparisons of how fast certain mobile phones were at grabbing red packets. The winner last year, if you must know, is Huawei's Mate 10 Pro, which supposedly consistently beat the Apple iPhone X in grabbing hongbaos. That, by the way, is the degree of obsession people have over this activity. And also, that's the degree of localization we're talking about when it comes to domestic brands over foreign brands. But that's a topic for another episode. Well, not just that, but there's a whole category of apps that helps you grab red packets, which is obviously against WeChat's rules and which they have to warn users against every year and do ban people for. So yeah, people are crazy about grabbing hongbaos. Even in its first year back in 2014, 5 million users grabbed WeChat red packets from New Year's Eve to 4 p.m. the next day. In this 40-hour period, 20 million hongbaos were snatched 75 million times. Tencent disclosed that one particularly attentive hongbao grabber got 869 hongbaos in the few days of holidays leading up to New Year's Eve, making him the champion of all snatchers. There was even an incident where it was rumored that Chen Guangbiao, a noted philanthropist in China, committed to giving out over $3 million worth of cash via WeChat hongbaos by New Year's Eve. This was, of course, fake, but some clever users changed their avatar to his photo and their nickname to his name and got added to many Hongbao-specific WeChat groups by more gullible users. Instead of giving out money, they joined the groups to grab red packets. It's pretty smart, right? But this rumor was so viral and it got so crazy that the billionaire philanthropist had to make an official statement clarifying that this was all just a hoax. I just checked my WeChat message histories, and sure enough, I still have messages from that time asking, is Chen Guangbiao in this group? But why would WeChat do this? It's because while receiving or grabbing a Hongbao is simple and requires you to just tap on the graphic, actually receiving the funds or cashing it out of WeChat and using it in an actual transaction requires you to link your bank account. So just like that, WeChat has completed the loop. They use this very simple mechanism to greatly expand the number of people who now link their real-life traditional banking relationships to the app. And that's why the Qiang Hongbao WeChat tactic has been likened to the attack on Pearl Harbor by Jack Ma. I'm not sure that's the best or most politically correct metaphor, but those are indeed his words. Yeah, he also said that this attack had us crawling and looking for our teeth because I guess he felt like he'd been punched in the face, which I thought was pretty funny. But now I think we've made it clear. WeChat didn't care about being the platform on which the most dollar amount of homeballs was exchanged. In the beginning, at least, this was just a guerrilla tactic to get more users onto its payment system. And in fact, that's evident in their reporting. 
Sure, they disclosed how many times home balls were shared, but they didn't share the total dollar amount, which was probably not that much, since the average home ball grabbed was not even 11 RMB or about a dollar fifty cents. The mass migration during the Spring Festival is also very attractive to tech companies who are seeking to have their products penetrate different social strata and age groups. Most Chinese people my age. Probably have had the experience of showing a grandparent or elderly relative how to use WeChat during a holiday visit. Most likely, in addition to showing them the app, you showed them how to give a hongbao. But let's compare this to Alibaba's Alipay, which had the opposite strategy. They made a big deal out of the dollar amount, but not the number of transactions that took place, which remained undisclosed. Because let's face it, they were already the leading payments platform, and they were not looking for new users as much as they were looking for growth and transaction volume. If you must know, that year, two thousand and fourteen, the largest hongbao given on Alipay was almost thirty thousand USD, and the average hongbao size was five times that of WeChat. While Tencent made it into a social game, which is precisely their strength, Alipay's competitive advantage was completely different. That only makes sense, right? Since you don't really add all your friends or family on Alipay, the people you would be giving hongbaos to, unless you're engaging in some kind of transaction with them. Whereas WeChat, being a social tool, has all those contacts. No wonder then, Alipay was still thinking hongbaos are a payments tool and a great way to rack up transaction volume. In fact, you couldn't get a thirty thousand dollar hongbao on WeChat even if someone wanted to send it to you. Individual red packets were limited to thirty dollars, and you could only send twelve hundred dollars in total over the course of the entire New Year's period. Again, WeChat didn't want to make you rich. They wanted to make the barrier so low that you would send hongbaos to as many people as possible, even if they were just pennies. So they were going for virality here, not dollar volume. However, what ended up being an interesting side effect of the hongbao grabbing craze popularized by the horse Lunar New Year was that, well, it stayed popular. Even beyond New Year's, as a Tsinghua professor explained, WeChat hongbaos actually became a form of social capital accumulation. The choice of who gives out hongbaos, the size of the hongbaos in question, and the groups in which people participate in these exchanges are all clues and signals of the real-life web of relationships between individuals. This could explain why senior citizens love the hongbao function so much. By the way, in China. They're using it an average of twenty-seven times per month, giving out sixty bucks in total. The flow of hongbaos says a lot about group order and hierarchy, and people tend to think of it as a favor that they will reciprocate. It's not just a few dollars here and there, but a form of communication in and of itself, and even transcends social capital to be a form of emotional communication. Which is why we're happy to give you a small hongbao to show our appreciation for your podcast reviews. Hongbaos definitely affect people's perception of you, and as a tool to shape your personal image, or your quote unquote face. You know how we Chinese people love to say face, right? And we want face, yao lian. But you probably don't know there's also a grow face or zhang lian, which is what happens when you do something to increase your social status. Of which hongbao dispensing might be considered a very minor example. And when people share good news, they often might gift a hongbao to share or show off their good fortune along with it. 
And for sure, when they ask for a favor, such as asking for a retweet. In fact, at this point, the influence of WeChat's Hongbao function is so pervasive that when people say gifting Hongbao, unless it's for a formal event like a wedding, or unless you're referring to something shady like a bribe, WeChat really becomes the first thing you think of. Anyway, so all that was 2014. What happened after? Well, 2015 saw increased competition in the Hongbao Wars, of course, but WeChat still had a dominant position, carried over from its success the year before. First, they integrated Yao Yi Yao or the Shake function with Hongbaos. Offline vendors could sign up and give out Hongbaos for users who shook their phones close to their stores, for example. Right, but the most headline-grabbing event that WeChat put on was getting people to shake their phones during the course of the Chinese New Year's gala. That's called Chunwan, and it's the official CCTV four and a half hour extravaganza that features plenty of song and dance and comedy skits, and used to be the main event around which all family members gather on New Year's Eve. It's like the Super Bowl, but bigger, much bigger. Yeah, just to give you guys an idea of how big it is, the official cited number of viewers was 1.17 billion for this year. That's 10 times that of the Super Bowl, and the highest cost for a 30-second ad ever recorded for the gala is over 10 million dollars, twice as much as that of the Super Bowl. WeChat bought the rights for about 8 million dollars to be the Hongbao sponsors for that year, and gave out Hongbaos at set times during the gala. Which viewers could receive if they just shook their phones. At 8 p.m. that New Year's Eve, if you shook your phone, you had a chance at the half a billion RMB or roughly 75 million in USD cash hongbaos that were given out. The highest one, by the way, was over $700. In addition, another nearly half a billion dollars worth of coupons from various vendors were given out as well. Anyway, people shook their phones 11 billion times, and a billion hongbaos in total, not just from the shaking, were given out that night, which I'm sure broke some kind of world record somewhere. That record didn't last for long, though, because on 2015's Chinese Valentine's Day, which is not the Valentine's Day that just passed, because this one typically falls in the late summer and is August 7th this year. Over 1.4 billion red packets were given. That's right, red packets are more desirable than flowers on Chinese Valentine's Day, because like cash is so much more practical than roses, right? And more environmental. But that record didn't stand long either, because barely two months after that, for Mid Autumn Festival, over 2.2 billion hongbaos exchanged hands. The whole country is addicted to WeChat hongbaos by this point. So when 2016 Chinese New Year comes around, over 420 million Chinese people participated in hongbao gifting and receiving just on New Year's Eve alone, and over 8 billion hongbaos were gifted and received. That's eight times the total of the previous year. But by 2017, WeChat was laying off the heavy investment into Hongbaos because, well, by this time, WeChat Pay's monthly active users had exceeded 600 million. The first to go was the Shake function that was pioneered in 2015. Alan Zhang, creator of WeChat, has said that the mission of WeChat's Shake Hongbao function has been completed. And besides, consistent with his product vision, WeChat is designed to make your everyday life easier. Not to be some holiday promotional tool. So effectively, thanks for playing, guys. 
but we've gotten what we needed out of you, so we're done here. That didn't deter people from gifting hongbaos over WeChat, though. Near the height of hongbao giving, which is near midnight on New Year's Eve, a peak of 760,000 hongbaos were gifted and received per second. And actually, I'm sure the actual peak volume would have been higher than that if all the transactions could have gone through, because basically every year, WeChat servers go bonkers trying to meet this crazy demand. The problem is so difficult that multiple technologists have written about it. And if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. Not only do you need to deal with millions of users performing tens or hundreds of millions of interactions every minute, these interactions probably involve dozens of other platforms. Like, for example, the IT systems of all the major banks. And all of this needs to happen within seconds. Because it's money we're talking about, there can't be any room for error, and there also needs to be a high degree of security. Put that way, it's truly impressive that the downtime is as little as it is every year. Yes, Chinese companies already have a lot of practice with huge volumes because of events like Singles Day. But believe it or not, that's still small compared to New Year's Eve. That's because not everyone's a shopaholic, but... Everyone celebrates Chinese New Year's. It is such a big deal that the Central Bank of China gave guidance this year to all of the financial institutions and payment platforms involved, and told them that they needed to devote serious resources to make sure the show goes on without a hitch. Tencent always gets slammed every year for all sorts of technical difficulties during Hongbao giving season, but let's face it, it's more of an entertainment and media company, which is why this year. When Baidu spent a ton of money to get exclusive rights to Trimwen, people speculated that this deeper tech company may do better. Yep, despite their sometimes major flaws, Baidu is still considered the company with the best tech in China, at least of the BAT. No comment on whether or not I agree with that. Did Baidu succeed, though? It's hard to say. Some reports seem to show that Baidu indeed did not disappoint, and the several hundred-person special task force they put together to weather the storm did not work overtime in vain. Other users claim that Baidu used tricks to cover up the outages. Either way, Baidu had a beautiful press release full of impressive numbers to report this New Year's Day. You see, after spending a record near three hundred million dollars this year of the pig. Baidu recorded 20.8 billion interactions through their Hongbao program. As the press release explained, that's as if every one of the seven billion human beings on this planet had three interactions each. Baidu's app for news also roughly doubled in DAU or daily active users from 160 million to 300 million, which left both Baidu's Toutiao and Tencent in the dust. But while Baidu really pushed its whole suite of products, the most obvious beneficiary is its newly spun out Du Xiaoman or Baidu Finance, which we covered, by the way, way back in episode four. Did it work? It's hard to say. Sure, over eight million users completed, and presumably many millions more participated in Baidu's Ten Card Lucky Challenge. But will they stick around in Baidu's apps, especially the payment one, or was this just a one-time thing to get some free money? And as we will explain later with Alipay, WeChat blocked social sharing, as it often does with competitors' products. 
So it was a sort of complicated process to share. Although at this point, many Chinese users have been trained by Alipay's workaround and could probably figure it out. But still, it's just not a very smooth user experience. Because just like Alibaba, Baidu is sorely lacking in any sort of social products. And pretty much anything social is going to go through Tencent's WeChat. And if you're wondering about the short video platforms that have blown up in China over the past few years, don't worry, they were definitely around and weren't keen to be left behind. While ByteDance's Douyin became the gala's exclusive social media platform partner, replacing Weibo, rival Kuaishou paid up to have the live broadcasting rights. Douyin, Kuaishou, and Tencent's Weishi each spent nearly $75 million for the week. And that's just on Hongbao's. The purpose was to drive downloads and DAU, of course. But we can see from mobile analytics data that while Douyin and Kuaishou grew a little, and roughly maintained their app store rankings. The others, such as Weishi, other ByteDance video products, and poor Baidu's Haokan video app, pretty much had sharp declines immediately after the holiday. So I would say it's unclear that the money was well spent. Actually, I'm willing to wager that it probably wasn't. Alibaba, meanwhile, continued with their Fu or Collect Five Fortunes challenge for their Hongbao strategy. As we've said again and again on TechBuzz, Alibaba has been trying to crack the social networking nut for a long time now. Although they came up with it in 2015, it wasn't until 2016 that it really took off. And that's when they began paying record amounts for exclusive rights to the gala as a red packet partner. They paid 40 to $45 million each year from 2016 to 2018. You had to add a certain number of friends to your Alipay account, say 10, to receive three randomized cards of the character Fortune written in one of five different ways. You could then trade the cards, and there were other ways to get more cards, but basically having all five entitled you to split the massive $30 million cash pot that Alipay had allocated as a reward. That year, those who completed the challenge received over $40. So remember we talked about WeChat blocking social shares, right? We're going to explain that here. You see, if you remember what we have always been saying here on TechBuzz, Alibaba and Tencent hate each other and block each other every chance they get. So it was no surprise at all when WeChat blocked invite links to Alipay's Five Fortunes campaign. Alipay wasn't going to give up so easily, obviously, and so created a unique invite code, a sort of password Ling, that you could send to your friend and let them know to copy and paste into their Alipay to complete the action. WeChat couldn't block text strings, right? But oh, they did, because the message was prefaced by the words Alipay password, or Ling, which meant that WeChat could silence any message containing the string. So you think you sent the message, but it actually never arrives on your friend's screen. Alipay figured out that the block was just a simple comparison and inserted commas in between the Chinese characters, unblocking the block. Anyway, this war goes on and on, but you get our point that any of the Chinese internet companies would go to great and maybe kind of silly lanes to keep out their competitors. The next year, Alipay shifted the focus from trying to increase social ties inside of their app to offline payments. This is a pretty rational fear because while Alipay, you know, it started so early and had the force of Taobao behind it, 
it was dominating digital payments. But offline payments, at least a few years back, weren't nearly as digital as they are today. And it was sort of a blue ocean. And WeChat was eyeing it very, very hungrily. And with WeChat being the app that everyone has open all the time, unlike Alipay, which people use only for payment, it seemed possible or even likely that unless Alipay did something, it was going to lose the offline payment battle. So the digital collection of the five fortunes had a twist, which was that it became an AR or augmented reality exercise. You scan the character Fu or Fortune at an offline store, and it became one of the five you needed to collect. But the amount was no longer evenly distributed, and instead became randomized, just like for WeChat. And because a lot more people, nearly 170 million to be exact, were able to complete the game, many users only received a few RMB, and they were deeply disappointed. By the way, not WeChat, but Tencent's QQ then copied the AR experience and launched their own Hongbao game. It also got a good amount of engagement, but didn't create the huge long-term strategic impact that WeChat's did. I don't think any of these apps have come close to generating that, and they may never do so. The verdict for 2019 is out, though, and at least between Alipay and WeChat, it seems that consumers were happier with Alipay's promised $220 million payout because most people seem to have landed a red packet around 30 RMB. That's about $5. I don't know how many people completed collecting their five fortunes, but according to Alibaba, 450 million people participated. That's one in three Chinese citizens. Many WeChat red packets, on the other hand, ended up being just a few cents in cash, only a very, very lucky 2019 folks got 10,000 RMB or almost $1,500. But again, maybe Tencent doesn't really care because having really milked the first few years of the Hongbao War and gotten to over 900 million active users every month with WeChat Pay, it seems that their focus this year, aside from the selfie stickers that is, was on the enterprise front. And that's consistent with what Pony Ma has been saying for much of 2018. Tencent is moving away from consumer internet and into industrial. Basically, let me translate that for you. Enterprises can now give out home balls with customized digital envelopes, you know, with their logos and such. Whoopity doo! We're being sarcastic. Many of the Hongbao games for this year are either very derivative or they're too complicated and require too much effort for the reward. As many folks have noted, the Hongbao games are starting to draw a yawn. Yep, despite the massive over half a billion USD in cash that BAT and the short video apps and, you know, other players have pledged the effort, it's just become too exhausting to keep up with. And with that, I think it makes sense to go ahead and close this episode, because frankly, I'm getting tired thinking about all the time and effort necessary for homeball hunting, not to mention how tired your arms get from all the shaking. I agree. That means it's time for... What did we learn today? We learned that 2014 was the first year of the Battle of the Red Packets, when WeChat fundamentally changed the rules of the game by allowing you to send digital red packets to the chat groups you're in within WeChat and basically gamified the experience, coining the term 抢红包 or grabbing red packets. 
While Hongbao or red packet giving by internet companies has existed for years and years, it was more of a coupon-like experience. That is, until WeChat made it into a social experience and a national obsession, and won millions of new users this way for WeChat Pay. And the reason they did this is because in order to cash out your red packets, you need to link your bank account. And voila, just like that, a massive payment ecosystem was born. WeChat Hongbao's took off though, and had a life of their own outside of Lunar New Year's. So by the time 2016 rolled around, WeChat Pay was already at a really good user base, and the corresponding strategy was to deprioritize the red packet campaign, which at this point consisted of internet companies just pouring millions or even hundreds of millions of dollars of cash to win new users and downloads. So from 2016 to 18. Alibaba took the reins and became the main Hongbao sponsor for the Spring Festival Gala, the Super Bowl TV event of China. To accomplish their ends, which was to increase social connections in the app as well as link online and offline payments, they launched the Collect Five Fortunes game and used augmented reality to make users interact with offline places in order to get a piece of their massive Hongbao giveaway. This year, though. Baidu went all out on the Gala and Hongbao strategy and tried to push their whole suite of apps to acquire new users, especially their newish finance one. The short video apps Douyin and Kuaishou also showed up in a big way. It remains to be seen how effective this was, but just based on some initial data, the search for most of the players seems to have been one time, and retention remains a problem. Analysts are already saying that this whole battle has unfortunately become a defensive measure rather than an offensive one. While WeChat Hongbao's really changed the game, all the other campaigns have been much less impactful in comparison. The one sense explanation that I can think of would be that, well, Hongbao's are based on social reciprocity and hierarchy, and of the big internet companies, Tencent absolutely owns this space. Will we see something different and truly revolutionary next year, or just more of the same card collecting and contactless spamming? What do you guys think? And how about you, tech buzzers? Did you go Hongbao hunting, or are you already tired out from the annual battle of the red packets? What was your favorite campaign, and most importantly, how much did you collect? And don't forget, if you write us a review, send it to us, and we'll be so happy to send you a small token WeChat Hongbao in appreciation. Okay, that's all for this week, folks. Thanks for listening. As a reminder, episodes will now be available every Friday instead of on Wednesdays. We really enjoyed putting this together, and we're always open to any comments or suggestions. You can find us on Twitter at the Pan Daily at Tech Buzz China, and my personal Twitter account is spelled G I N Y G I N Y, and my Twitter is spelled R U I M A. Tech Buzz China by Pan Daily is powered by the Seneca Podcast Network. Handily.com is an English language site that tells you everything about China's innovation. Our producers are Shaw Wan and Kaiser Guo. Our intern is Wang Menglu, who heroically uploaded all of our transcripts this week. I know many of you were looking for that, so thanks again, Menglu, and we'll see you guys next week.